This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome back to TVI. Carl Donnelly here. Julian Dean. Um, this week's episode. Hi. Hi. Uh, is um, We're joined by comedian, ex-circus, I say ex-circus performer, but he still does uh, sort of circus shows. I'm sure he does, still does juggling yeah. stuff. Uh, Martin Moore. Um, he is a lovely chap, funny man, globetrotter. Like I've, I've geeked with Martin all over the world. Um, we've been in all, we've done all the Australian festivals together over the years. Um, and yeah, so we caught up with him. We, we talk uh, a, a quite funny chat about his fashion sense. <laughs> but he's we very, talk yeah. about testosterone replacement talk about therapy. testosterone replacement therapy. It's, it's an interesting... None of us are on it, but we no. do talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we just thought, let's discuss Not it. trying to know? sell it. <laughs> Imagine that. That was our merch. Guys, get um, get our new in, uh, TRT injections <laughs> once a week. Uh, <laughs> but that's it. Listen, enjoy um thanks for all our patrons who've signed up if you want to sign up to patron it's patreon.com forward slash we are tvi you get little bonus episodes where we do sort of catch-ups um new fun new feature we've just decided we're going to be doing uh is going forward uh that we're going to just record a little extra bit with our guests just a tiny little tag on that is for just patrons for only because sometimes I do think, you know, we we, we 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 speak very freely, I think, and we tend to get our guests to. But sometimes on Patreon, we'll, we'll drop a name that we might have kept back in, yeah. uh, in the app. So we'll bolt that on the end, mate. You know what I mean? Little like the page, like them little bit extra bits that will go on Patreon uh, will be if there's any anything that feels like it shouldn't have shouldn't be aired to the general public. Uh, so there we go. Anyway, that's enough of that. Enjoy us chatting to Martin Moore. Lift off. Lift off. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to TVI. My name is Carl Donnelly. <laughs> I don't know and my that. name is Julian Dean. Uh, and we're joined by comedian. Um, would you say ex would you, sort of circus performer globe trotter martin juggler Moore. hello hey hello. mate squatter Squ- as in squatter. as in the weights as in the weights <laughs> well you know i actually used to be an, an actual squatter as oh. in so in the in the 80s when i was in belfast squatting uh government-owned buildings was was very fashionable yeah. amongst the arts community oh. Oh, I saw you on the news uh, a couple of days ago at Capitol Hill. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to do more. We're, we're going to turn it into a vegan collective. Well, we, did, we were talking, before we hit record, we did talk about how your your look could be described as, and not for any, but you, you, you predate it, you've been doing it forever, but yeah, yeah, there was definitely some people, you know, nicking podiums and shit that yeah, looked a I bit could, like you, big I beard. Could, I could a hundred percent just fitted right in there. Well, like sort of, you wear you wear a lot of um, 
what's the word like utility clothing you know you're a fan of a cargo short that's because yeah. of your you know your, well, your you globe know, trotting and outdoors lifestyle yeah it's exactly how i buy things so when, when i when i buy clothes because think, would this be good to, to, to launch a coup against the government yeah, would this how be many, good to overthrow the pockets? government uh, yeah <laughs> I am. Um, we've who, we've ta- we've talked to somebody about cargo shorts. I'm sure it's been like I've got a real aversion to any like, utility clothing. You know, I like to wear sort of because that's because it's not my style. But I think you're one of the few people I know who it suits because it suits your look. I, mm. what, I, what I don't like is seeing a black, like seeing a middle class dad in Queens Park near where I live with fucking cargo shorts and a North Face fleece and hiking boots when he's literally mm. just gone to the farmer's market. Mm. That shit does yeah, my yeah, head yeah. in. I don't mind if somebody, like you're, you are somebody who <laughs> I think wears it for the right reason. Sorry, Julian's just got coronavirus. So <laughs> <that's> all. <laughs> he's also just disappeared off screen. Julian, have you died? Um, I'm all right now. I've got over it quite quick. <laughs> so There's that new strain that passes through. But, um, Brazilian. But in terms of, because um, you'd normally be over it would you normally be in adelaide around this time or heading over to perth and that no perth so perth starts the fringe world perth starts this this weekend so i would normally have been there for the either i would have been there for for the week before or often i go and teach at a circus festival western australian circus festival so i would i could have been there since just after christmas um yeah, it's it's weird. It's very weird. This will be my first Northern Hemisphere wonder for five yeah. years. It's because we've been we've done Adelaide together in the past, haven't we? We've mm. what was that year we were both nominated for a Chortle Award while in Adelaide? Oh, Do you remember that? Yeah. We found oh. out and we were out. We were at the um, the festival club. Yeah, it was weird. That was a bit, yeah. It was about that was like two thousand and three. 13, 14 or something? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's bullshit, all that stuff. I know. I remember we couldn't have given less of a shit. Like, you know, that yeah. it was a chortle award and some, a lot of, you know, not, and this isn't a criticism of comedians that are interested in that sort of stuff, but we genuinely didn't give two fucks. Like, yeah. but I suppose we were on the other side of the world, so we were out away from it all, but like, yeah, you know, a lot some, of, I was getting loads of messages of like, congratulations, mate. And I was like, I don't yeah, care, some, some guy's blog is going to give you a prize. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a yeah, funny yeah, thing. Yeah. Right? I get, I totally have no, I don't mind Steve from Chortle. Yeah, he's every, friendly, isn't he? Every, yeah, he's nice anytime I run into him. I know, but some comedians have a real hatred of anyone that reviews comedians, but oh, I just I don't think... have any interest in it. I don't read it, so it doesn't yeah. really bother there's me. There's something a bit, a bit weird about, the job they do, I think. What reviewers? Yeah, there's something, especially but, when they they're quite e- egotistical about it. I suppose you have what, to be. It's impossible to be a. You can't. There's no. There's no point being a totally objective reviewer because you're not going to give any. I advice. know. You need to give it is something. Their opinion, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I think as long as they 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 are they are open about it being their opinion, I think they're fine. Mm. Like you know, you know I the think the problem with, is that that we that with comedy, like with alternative, well, it was alternative comedy. It's just that it's um, it's still too new that nobody ever became like an authoritative. No, critic. you know when you see a yeah, yeah, critic yeah. and some of them like they they could be university professors or yeah, 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 they, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, yeah. Stuff. And it's that there's a, none of them have ever became 
there's never really any expert, is there? Like that Bruce Dessau, is that how you pronounce Dessau, it? yeah. Dessau, he, yeah. he seems very good. He's, He's as a nice close guy as, as well. He is nice, isn't he? I've said, I think um, I've said it on here before, the worst golfer I've ever played with. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, he is. If I was to review Two his golf, stars. it would be zero stars. Yeah. And I would yeah. tell him to not do golf again. But he's a, I, I do really like, he's a lovely guy. Yeah, I, I think at some point there will be an actual comedy expert who's who's a reviewer because at the minute it's just it's hard when it's an art though and not like a i don't know i also think it's much harder to review than other things like if you look at theater theater is always sort of you know obviously there's different there's fringe theater there's sort of big budget you know it's big bloody west end theater but you know they're always of a sort of you're in the same sort of place watching like you know i think the big reviewers that will go and see all the big plays, they sort of, there's a standard form they're watching that's yeah. much more, yeah, things get a bit different and go towards the edges, but not, so how can you review, be a comedy reviewer, and one minute you're reviewing fucking, um, let me think, someone like Trig V. Wakenshaw, who's a bloody trained clown and mime, who's doing a fringe show an hour, and compare, and then next thing you're watching, I don't know, Paul Tonkinson, who's a classic, straight down the line, observational mm. storytelling yeah, yeah, yeah. stand-up. How can you have the knowledge or expertise to like review both of those? You've got to have, yeah. it's all a bit too, yeah. I think it's all over the shot. And well, next you thing you're what? watching a sketch group, and yeah. next thing so you're that, watching, it's too much different shit. I, I, think it's gonna, I think it's evolving, but in that, because, so if you went and you compared Le Miserable, at the, yeah. you went see on the West End, there's a big, big show, or Cats, or one of them big shows, and then you compared something that was an alternative theater type production in, in, an, in an art center or in, yeah, a bar, yeah, yeah. in a barn or something. So the people there aren't comparing the like to like. No, not whereas, at all. Whereas with comedy, yeah, that's they, true. That's, they tend to do it like. Well, that's the like, thing. Definitely, actually. Yeah, re- yeah. theater reviewer, if they watch fucking a one man sort of monologue about fucking sexual assault in a you know in this sort of reading <laughs> but they watch it in like a little art center read it they're not gonna compare it to fucking you know the play that goes wrong that's on yeah. shaftesbury avenue you know, yeah they, i think there's whereas oh yeah you know there is that thing i think of a reviewer will go and see a hannah gadsby show and it'll be they'll be blown away by how honest and personal it is and they'll be like this is the most like amazing heart-wrenching comedy you could ever watch and next thing they'll watch just someone just doing an hour of like so oh, booking my kids right and then they'll be like how could they then they've Don't got to accept it, they've, <laughs> they've got to accept they are so different so you've got to review them from different places of your psyche, i think as I think. it as it goes i think steve bennett and bruce Dessau are, are, are good at it or on the good spectrum of what their knowledge and stuff about it, I guess. Eh? Yeah, they must I, I, have seen I, I, about it, aren't they? They must have, they must, it, yeah, it's, it's nothing else. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, 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 my issue, I think, is that when I first started, I, I heard about you got Chortle. a bad review. <laughs> no, no, I, actually, go. I, I got some good ones off of Bennett when I like I've had some good ones off of him, but right, so it's not, it's not like I've not got like a, a grievance, but. It's more that I got really into reading every one of his reviews and yeah, trying to learn how to do com- comedy from well, his reviews. Your, that's your own fault for thinking you learn yeah, comedy from reviews of other and that's, Or just thinking, oh, God, do I do that? And when he's criticising something, oh, God. Do, and then you end up getting so into it as an open spot and tailoring what you do yeah, that's with a review madness. in mind. But I, I genuinely I think, think that's the main issue. With I don't think there's any issue with comedy reviews. 
I think there's more issue with comedians reading comedy reviews. <laughs> like, yeah. why the fuck? I've no, you know, I know weirdly, I think the- I know enough actors to know that in theatre, reading a review is a real big thing. They all read them, you know, because I think, again, if you're in a play, you're one part of a bigger thing. I can understand yeah. you wanting to know how good the thing you're in is and stuff like that. But if you've just a one person writing a show, I think you've got enough awareness of what you're doing that you don't need to read. Oh, and I don't think, think comedy... I haven't, I haven't read a review. I honestly haven't read a review in 20 years. What I do is when I... For the best, I, mate, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, definitely don't look <laughs> at the evening standard today. <laughs> when I... Um, when I uh, like Edinburgh somewhere where it's yeah, useful yeah. to have reviews... I um I have I have t- uh, two two mates uh, yeah. it, and I they read them for me well, and the, they yeah, they lift the quotes off exactly they give me the quote but you know I saw a really interesting thing where we're talking about reviews really interesting I've got some ni- nice things that you know you get a review and you particularly like it and uh, you like the quote and yeah. you, you keep that quote you go oh that sums me up nicely if somebody see that seen that on a poster they would they would like what they came to say yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. And I, two years ago, I was doing one of the Australian festivals, I think it was Adelaide, uh, Fringe, and they said to me, oh, we're only using reviews that have come from a, we're only using quotes on, on anyone's posters that have come from a big recognised publication really? within, within the last two years. Oh, really? I said, I said to them, why, why is that? And the, and the person I was speaking to said, oh, we don't know. And I said, you're forcing us all to play the industry game because yeah. Yeah. then we have to be in the Times or we have to be in the Adelaide Advertiser yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, and the, the reviewers might have put them on the spot with that, might have given them kind of ultimatums. Yeah. Well, I think it's because they're worried about the thing now that people are, are looking beyond the established yeah, venues and they're looking yeah. for the fringe venues. And the, the, the big publications don't want well, to go because they, they want to sell you an advert, don't they? Yeah, and it also doesn't bode well for the fact that, you know, like The Guardian, for example, like is, is one of the big publications. Their reviews over the years in Edinburgh has dwindled because their their budgets have been slashed because they don't sell enough papers. So yeah. now it's not like 10 years ago where The Guardian review was a big thing in Edinburgh because they'd, they'd do sort of over the festival 50 shows whatever they probably only review about six shows well, at the whole I, fucking I think I heard day. so that, don't don't quote me I don't know this if I'm remembering this right but it was something like in the past the Guardian used to have 20 reviewers yeah. and like a couple of years ago they had one yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- reviewer so it's such a, so, it's, a, so yeah. dwindled yeah it's fine I mean that's but that's, that's print media's dead in it you know what i mean yeah. you, know, you know a thing that used to happen but with the with the stage you know the publication yeah, the stage. Yeah. and so the stage used to do a thing that they only ever did good reviews so that if somebody That's saw nice. something and they didn't like it they just didn't publish that one and they yeah, yeah. Pub- they yeah, published yeah. them as recommendations of here's what we think is good yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'd like yeah, that yeah. to be in comedy because somebody- what changed yeah, yeah, yeah. They just saw uh, they, they started, shows and thought, they, no, we need to, yeah. they we started, need to warn, warn people. So <laughs> I think I, I think I know exactly what's changed in yeah. general is that the people are no longer specialists at what yes. they're doing at, all, across the board. And it's so much easier when, when you've watched four shows in a day. It's so much easier to write what you didn't like mm. than try to understand yeah, yeah, what yeah, you yeah. did like. And with yeah, comedy, yeah. especially, it's such a weird little, you know, the communication things and the way, way we're doing subliminal stuff. It's so easy not to understand why that was better than something mm. else. 
And the and brain also, sometimes goes to things you don't like more than things you do like as well, doesn't it? It's just like the human condition, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Oh, so I would I, say I just, as well, like in co- like comedy, if it's a, if it's a one person show, like stand up show, um, you know, if it's a theatre show and one person in the cast, like if it's a proper play with maybe a six person cast, if one of them's not feeling it that day, it's halfway through the festival, the fringe you know, they're feeling a bit low, the other five can carry it and that show could still be a good representation of the show that that, rev- that reviewer might see it and it's pretty similar to what it will be on any given night. With stand-up, yeah. like, if you see somebody on the third day just when they hit their groove and they nail the show and they've got a lot of energy and it's great. And Thank then you. imagine, if, But if you see it two weeks in, they're a bit tired, they might have a bit of a lurgy from the fringe, you know, they might just be a bit fucking not feeling it that day. That might yeah. be the worst version of the show they do all month. So I think mm. the spectrum of how good and bad a solo show can be is much bigger again than like a piece of oh man, theater. you're exactly right. So look, with from all my time as working in the circus, I's nearly always like I do solo shows. I still do solo shows, but I, but I's nearly always in double acts or or bigger, and it's exactly that. And there becomes in a good double act, for example, a good juggling double act. If somebody's got an injury, which is really common with um, with so, so if, if I have an injury and I'm doing a solo show, it can really mess that show up. It's really good. <laughs> but in in a double act, you cover it and it gets covered, and the other person's yeah, energy yeah. covers. So you're exactly right. The the solo stand up is is the most exposed because you're being like athletic and doing physical stuff. If you've torn your ACL, you can't do certain stuff. You mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, or just your movement's just a bit tighter. You know, yeah, you're, trying yeah. To do yeah, your, yeah, yeah. you're trying to do what's already a difficult juggling trick and you've got a, tw- a twingy shoulder. Well, it's, yeah. it, it can throw you right off. But yeah, it, it, I think it's, I think a solo stand-up in an hour is, is one of the most exposed art forms. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, that's why anyway. So, but that's, that's why I say it's not worth reading them because it's mm. too sort of, yeah, it's too vast. It's too vast a spectrum of what could have happened that re- affected the review. But anyway, what we what we say we were talking before about um, Julian was saying uh, he's been teaching maths. We basically before we hit record, we were talking about how we've sort of been passing the days. Now we're in because where where do you live, Martin? So I'm in the uh, uh, on the Lancashire Yorkshire border. Okay, uh, we're, we're in the countryside about the Moors. We're up in the moorland, yeah. So you lovely. walk out my garden. Oh, nice. You walk out the back of my garden. You're in the in wild moor oh, moorland lovely. country. So, so you're yeah. you're quite near Brendan Dempsey, are you? Brendan Dempsey, I don't know. Where does Where's he live? Brendan Dempsey. Brennan. Oh, Brennan Reese. Brennan Reese. <laughs> you, you got both yeah. names so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I am quite near Brennan Dempsey. Stroke Brennan Reese. Yeah. Bre- oh, Brendan sorry, Brett. Brennan Reese lives on the moors, doesn't he? That's yeah, right. He does, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, yeah, we're yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Because no, yeah, we who's, Brendan, who's Brendan Dempsey again? There's a comedian he's a, called Brendan Dempsey. Yeah, yeah. So he's yeah, a big Irish. Yeah, yeah. He's Irish yeah, very, yeah. very tall. Big I tall saw. Fella. I saw Brendan in. It's one of my early early fringes that I went up. Do you know when they used to do the comedians theatre troupe shows? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And they did them on quite a big scale. Uh, I saw when they did One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest with Christian Slater was he played the Jack Nicholson character. I bumped into Christian at um, some a meeting I was at, and he came and sat next to me while oh, really? he was doing that. And he had a really big head. Yeah, he looks. Like he's got a wide head, doesn't he? His 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 forehead. I mean, he looks <laughs> he looks good, but he sat next to me. We're both on the floor because all the chairs looks were like taken. a cabbage patch doll, doesn't it? <laughs> big yeah. old yeah. moon face. 
garbage pal kid. <laughs> he come and he sat next to me, and I was like, "That's fucking Christian Slater." And he went, "Hey, yeah. man," and like apparently he had just he had this giant head nightmare. Like during that month, apparently in Edinburgh, because like, yeah, because basically Brendan Dempsey played the uh, the Indian character, the Native American character in. One flew over the cuckoo's nest, which in what would be now a problematic role, yeah, but yeah. you know it was it was a different time. And uh, Stephen Camos was in it. Uh, Phil Nickel was in it. It was great. I remember it was great. Yeah. But Lucy Porter, Lucy, Lucy Porter, Porter was, was in it. it. Yeah, um, well, Christian Slater was in it. No. Yeah, in Edinburgh, yeah. He did a run of it in Edinburgh with all those guys. It was wow. fucking mental. I remember, like, I think I was. I don't know if I'd started stand-up. It was the year before I started that I went up to see what the fringe was about. Like when I just was doing open spots. But um, I, yeah, but apparently Christian Slater was a fucking nightmare that month to work with. <laughs> apparently he's like, you know, because he's a, he's a Hollywood star, even though he's not, you know, he's, he's, his star had waned somewhat in the 2000s. But he um, apparently, yeah, he's just, he's at a, an arts festival in Scotland for a month. So he just went yeah. mental. Like I saw know. him on the, I saw him on the street. I, I didn't, at the point I saw them, I didn't recognise who, who he was. <laughs> But I, I was walking along the street and uh, a, a woman was walked toward in this direction. Two guys in front of me turned to look at her and they did that thing that guys do when they're like admiring a woman, but they're kind of macho and they're showing their mate, oh, I like woman. Yeah, so they yeah, kind yeah. of both turned and were going, yeah. <laughs> and as they're looking, she's one by, I'm looking at them. I just looked at these two guys and I, I'm just thinking, dickheads, yeah. like that. And then about you know a few days. Then later, you saw like, a batty crease, and we're like, well, yeah, boy. I got, well, I got, I got introduced to him as God I got introduced damn. to the guy as here's um, here's Christian Slater. <laughs> I was going, hello, mate. Just thinking, oh, I, you're the guy I saw on the street being uh, a dickhead. I, yeah. I mean, true romance is fucking. Classic. Oh man, it's. it's I mean, so it is. Good. I watched it uh, about two months ago. Like, it's the first time I've watched it in over a decade. And it really holds up well out of all that. There's yeah, a lot yeah. of those era films, when you watch them now, are a bit naff and shit. Mm. Especially the ones that try to be a bit quirky. Like True Romance with the whole Elvis, uh, you know, chatting to him. and Some of it could have aged badly. What's the one that your man, Christopher Walken, had to watch up as arse? That's, Pulp Fiction. Oh, that's yeah. Pulp Fiction. So, yeah. Because okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously yeah. True that's Romance, so good. that Christopher Walken scene with Dennis Hopper is... Oh. It's amazing. Obviously, that now that like when you hear the script, you're like, it's it's got that whiff of Tarantino just it's loving so, saying the yeah. N-word. But yeah. it's still the acting in that scene is quality. Like Dennis Hopper, you forget, is a well good actor, even though he's, ah, yeah. he's mental. And, and there's he, so many levels, like he's sticking up for his son and he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he knows ready he's gonna to die. die. Totally. So he just lights a cigar because he's gonna die for his yeah, son. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he takes him down with him. <laughs> it's like, yes, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> even though yeah, it's not that what he's saying should would take someone down. It's that he knows that guy would be so so offended. offended totally. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a real. Yeah, it's it's a, that yeah. the other guy's the racist, isn't it? I guess. Yes, but I think. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I think mean, he's, he's he's tapping not, into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's an amazing. The no, yeah, no, no. But the acting is incredible. Yeah. It's that thing. It's. I mean, that is obviously. Yeah, I, that, that, again, that's horrible. You keep saying it, but there were different times. But, um, you know, like now, I think now when you watch a Tarantino film, we, like there are some things like Django and like that, like, I do I do get, a, it makes, some of it makes me cringe. But I really like, have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Mm. That's the first Tarantino film in years that I genuinely was like, oh, this is good. This mm. is very 
like it's really fun actually. I Bruce think Lee Lin- didn't come off well though, did he? Like- no, well, I mean, no, it was all because it's all sort of nonsense, isn't it? It's all just a, f- yeah. a pastiche of what that time was like. So I think he just, yeah, I don't think that was. I think there were some people upset about that, but it's like it's it's made up. It's a it's a fantasy, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, how? F- I don't know. I mean, like, how good looking is Brad Pitt, man? In that film, that's, have you seen the scene oh. when he's on? He's on a roof, topless, and you're like, this guy's oh. in his fifties. Oh, looks dreamy! Incredible. Yeah. Like you know, dreamy it's just you absolute know. smoke show. <laughs> but it is that like he's of a, he's of a level. The, the man's an eleven, mate, in it. <laughs> did, you, did you? Oh, totally. Did you see? It was about a year ago. They came out that he's going out with a woman who's much younger than him. She's like sort of thirty or something. Lucky yes. so, girl. And a lot of people went. You know, come on, it's a bit at his age. He shouldn't be going out with somebody that much younger than him. He it's should like, share with everybody but then it turns out she was also married and she she has a polyamorous marriage oh and mm. like, and sort of the a lot of people are doing the I jokes bet her that... husband loves tasting a bit of pit on her when she comes <laughs> out sweet <laughs> jesus don't jump in the shower just yet honey <laughs> just, let it, just let it linger <laughs> just um, let, let the aroma marinate but no but i was thinking like you know in terms of i get that thing about you know sort of sometimes it's a bit creepy when old guys go out with younger women but i think you make allowances for Don't certain Marie, tears into it, man. but mm. certain levels of guy i think brad pitt's in a he's a champions league man isn't he like he well, the rules this, are um, different have you heard this stuff that a lot of these in hollywood are on human growth hormone even though they're not for the TRT, not no, for the bodybuilding Julian, aspect. Julian will be the, well into this. Yeah, I know. The, I know um, about. I've never done it. I do know a little bit about it though. Makes you look younger. Of, apparently, bit. Julian's watched eight hundred hours of YouTube videos about <laughs> it. So he doesn't. Well, TR, well Joe, Joe Rogan's on it on it on a quite a few things, and you can kind of see. I I think it makes you. I don't know. He looks kind of a bit. His head is a bit big. There's a couple, <laughs> there's a couple of acts of I know um, that are doing it actually, and. Um, they really recommend it, but I I don't know. Maybe when I'm sixty or fifty or what's so, or, the um, benefits to it? Thirty. So apparently um, it makes it makes you look younger. It brings so. your it brings your testosterone level as you pass thirty as a man, your testosterone drops. Yeah. Like each each decade, sort of a percent. So that testosterone you need to build muscle. You know, like when you see a twenty-one year old with zero body fat, but they're still muscly. Yeah. And it's like um. And it brings your testosterone levels up to when you were younger. But what's the payoff? Because so, yeah, your body and everything in life is about balance. If if something well, is suddenly getting pay- boosted, something is dropping. Something is not. The problem with it mm. is that you know, like bodybuilders overuse it. So when it when you have testosterone to a certain level, when you have a certain amount of it, then it becomes steroids. But you can get your testosterone levels checked, even in Superdrug. You can buy the kit get it measured, see where it's at, and then have a little bit of testosterone TRT every week and just to bring it up a bit. But what I'm saying is good. if you're bringing it's- it up artificially, mm. then what's what's the – there has, to be a, a, there has so, to be a side effect somewhere. The side, yeah. effect, the side effect is that it brings – if you're young, like a bodybuilder – You stop making it and you need yeah. to keep using it. Yeah, But what if you're, you're older, older? They, they reckon this – I read a really interesting article about this that – so uh, they reckon that maintaining it as a third at the level of being 35, if you maintain your 35 year old testosterone level artificially, that people will can do that for the rest of their life. They can, yeah, they can yeah, do yeah. For the rest of their life. But the, the thing is, I don't I don't know the dosages of this stuff, but say the medical dose was 10 
the bodybuilder dose is like 250 Ooh. like a and, ridiculous and then amount people abuse that then people yes. abuse that so but they so, have to in bodybuilding they have to though don't mm. they it's like they're on stage with other people who are doing it they 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 wouldn't get they wouldn't be able to compete without I, steroids I, I read a book about bodybuilders and you know the bodybuilder Ro ronnie coleman yeah, he's, I mean he's, he's, he's fucked now. Oh, he's, he's absolutely. Right, let me Google so, Ronnie Coleman. Yeah, look, he's so he's he's, like the, he's the best ever, but he's fucked also. Like Dorian Yates. Oh, I've seen this guy. I think I watched a documentary. So Ro there is a documentary. Ronnie Coleman in this book said at one point that he was so big that walking, the weight of his muscles was hurting him because oh, right, of look, the, yeah. the tendons. Horrendous. He's one so of the bad. when you see him interviewed, he's one of the loveliest guys, isn't ah, he? Yeah, Just yeah. He's so happy. Even he cut he's like can't walk at the moment properly. But he's so positive and happy. But yeah, they say a lot of it because he was a power lifter as well. Yeah. And a lot of it is to do with the weights he have you seen the the how heavy he was lifting? Yeah, yeah. And it's just fucked his spine up. Yeah. Oh, the, a lot of them, a lot of the bodybuilders weren't strong. Uh, did you no. mention? Dor did you mention Dorian Yates? Yeah. There? So and I he's want... into yoga now, and you yeah, met yeah. him. You got a photo with him, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So I, when I used to be, in, when I used to do the gigs in Birmingham, like the Glee or highlights in Birmingham, I always would get a day pass and train at the old Temple Gym, which is like one of the famous bodybuilder gyms. And Dorian was often knocking around in there. I say hello to him and stuff. And, you know, he's famous. He were a famous guy. So he's used to people saying hello. So I had a photograph with him. But once I was in there, it's like it was in a basement. It looks like a dungeon. Like it's a famous old. It, I've seen the video of him. It's called Blood and Sweat or something. But the, yeah. the gym looks brutal. Oh, yeah. It was wild. In that gym, I reckon every single piece of equipment, every piece of equipment, had more weights than a standard gym has in its entire yeah, yeah, gym. Yeah. But I was in there one day and I was using the, um, as on my own, I was using the squat rack and Dorian Yates, and I didn't know it at the time, but it was his wife, Gina Yates, who's a, 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 power, a bodybuilder, a professional bodybuilder. They asked if they could jump in on the set. So I'm waiting like standard three minutes. I would have said, yeah, do you want me to take some weights off? Well, do you know what? I, always, I, always, I always do that joke. Think of the... Think of the Sometimes pressure, people are like, what? I, I'm, I'm in the squat rack. There's a mirror in front of you. So if anybody doesn't, go, doesn't do uh, weight training, standard form in a squat rack is there's a, a full length mirror yeah, in yeah, front yeah. of you. So you can see if you're doing it correctly. And yeah. just to one side was a life-size cardboard cutout of Dorian Yates when he was Mr. Olympia. So the cutout is like this. He's just a massive guy. And in the thing, I, I was squatting the same weights as his wife was squatting. He was putting the weights up quite quite a bit. And he wasn't even training. He was just doing it. Warming while he, up. Just well, while, he's, he was, while he was there. He's very famous for having... He only used to train 45-minute sessions, mm. didn't he? Mm. But it was so intense that he like other competitors would train with him. And you'd see them in the car park vomiting. <laughs> Yeah. He, he was renowned for having such intense sessions that no one. You know the thing he says now that, that that he thinks was the difference. And in, in an interview I read with him now, because what he used to do was, he would train that brutal hard training, and then every afternoon after training, he, so he would train have he a would nap. ninety minutes, and even if he didn't want to, he would lie down. I think he likes a bit of a, a bit of a puff. And He's he into ayahuasca and all that now. Yeah, yeah all of that stuff. And he reckoned it was being able to do that 90 minutes resting every day. 
that would that made the big difference to it but yeah 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 what's because yeah. you're obviously you're in shape you know you um you've taught you've you, got man. <laughs> Oh, you, um, you totally are. Uh, but you, what? Because you obviously you 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 now sort of are a big purveyor of getting fit in you know you like obviously you used to lift weights, but now you've got much fitter in terms of overall fitness. Mm, not, um, not not especially. Well, no, in terms of like you're much leaner than you used to be. Yeah. When so I first what, met you, you had somewhat of a belly on you. If, if yeah, no, yeah. So, let's be honest. So I, I was um so a circus performer all my life. So there's obviously the the training around yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then I was powerlifting, maybe the last 15 years powerlifting. And then I got, um, so I was probably knocking, uh, hovering around 16 stone, standard weight. And then I got a casting for Game of Thrones. Oh. And I, I bulked up. So I, I hit, I topped out at about 18 and a half stone. And I did have a belly. I was bad on a lot yes. of calories. I could really see you in that show, man. Yeah, you know, the I, ne- I never got Playing the every I never character. got the I never got the <laughs> Playing part. Khaleesi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um I, I never got the part and I never even got the I never even went further than you know they do that thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. we'd love you for this. And then at the same time, this was three years ago, uh in the uh, in July, I didn't get that part. I was heading towards Edinburgh and I it looked like I needed a hip replacement. And I literally just went, the specialist said, drop some weight and uh, you might make this hip last a bit, a bit longer, you know, your natural hip. And yeah. so I just dropped the weight, no, like easily. Yeah. And now about 13 stone. And they just the other day told me that they think I get another five years out of this. Hip. That's so good. Been a, yeah, it's been a really positive result from it because I think that hip operation is a pretty big do, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's... um. What caused that? Do you think? Yeah, I was going to say, what what would it be the cause of your hip? Oh, so I, squatting lot, maybe? Do you think? Well, I don't know. So it could literally could just be hereditary, couldn't it? That I've yeah. got these spike. When you see the X-ray, you know, it's a ball and socket thing, isn't that? And there's spiky bits on the on the hip. But for me, that thing of circus performers, um, especially, I used to be the bass man. I used to be a juggler. Was my job. But I used to also be the guy that got stood on in an acrobatic troupe. <laughs> and you just can't do it. You just can't. That's not... All of my mates in circus... I can't do this! <laughs> well, nearly everybody's... Get nothing. off! Yeah, yeah, it's just relentless. It, it just ages you. So yeah, quickly. yeah. And, and that's why it's lucky. I think, for me, the reason I'm still doing circus stuff is... So I broke my ankle. While I was off with a broken ankle, discovered comedy. Started doing comedy. Had to pick one or the other. Did comedy for 20 years. And um, I think that has allowed me this longevity as a circus performer because I, I literally wasn't doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On me every day, twice a day. So um, bloody hell. Yeah, I, a lot of circus performers get old really quickly. Yeah, yeah, and what would they be doing standing on you? Like they'd be juggling or like um, acrobats oh, yeah, yeah. and stuff. So we, just so we just had, stand, just there, just hanging Changing out. light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a, um, it, it, was a, it was a comedy routine, but, but yeah, it was basically that. The end bit of the thing, there was, they would do like flips and stuff. They were doing all their actual stuff. I, I never could do any of that. Maybe a couple of strength, um, like handstand type things. And then the end of it was, it's kind of a standard thing. So there's two people on me and they've got two people Shut on them. Out. And it's like a tree shape. It's like a pyramid shape. And everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. da-da. And it's only for a few seconds. Da-da, it's that big finish to the show. And, and what may, and how did you get into circus performing? When you were a kid, were you interested in it? Yeah, yeah. So I was always able to do stuff like that. It's always good 
hand-to-eye coordination and, and dexterity. And then I just, um, I was just really lucky. Nor- in Northern Ireland in the 80s, there was a lot of um, Arts Council funding. So there's a lot of funding. So in in no time, in my you just bought time, a big tent. No, no. We, we well, we true. Yeah, we, we so we did. That, it's, that's true. I mean, it's, it's not what and, the Northern Ireland in the eighties was notoriously known for, but you know, so, yeah, so it's we, nice. But, nice that there was a there was a, a positive yeah. well, spin so the, on something. Explain, a bit of cash yeah, floating about because of that. <laughs> anything that was non-sectarian, because of the troubles, anything that was non-sectarian was would get arts funding. So if you could do something, it was either a tent or a clava. <laughs> So we got um, <laughs> we got um, like Golia came and and taught us. So we we, we got taught by Golia. Oh, we wow. had all all the top teachers in the world. Yeah, look, circus teachers. We had loads of them in Belfast. Because just for listeners, they might not know that reference, but Golia is notoriously the most famous clown, clown. and clown trainer. He, he's a he's yeah. a he's a teacher of clowning. And yeah. Notoriously, like um, Sasha Baron Cohen talks about. His time at, at the Gullier School in Paris. Daniel like, Simonson trained there as well. Simonson, and, uh, I know loads of people. Uh, Doctor, Alex, what was his name? Doctor Brown, Brown. Phil, yeah. uh, Phil Burgers, who is you know probably one of his more modern, well-known uh, students. But like, it's notoriously hard. You know, Sasha mm. Baron Cohen like talks about it like it was the thing he needed to do to find his like how how, how to be funny, but most of it is spent being told you're shit. Like, every hmm. day you've got to go out and do stuff, and Goulier would just say, no, you're shit, leave me alone, I did. I did a clown course in London. I don't know if I spoke about it. It was so brutal. I've done... I did a weekend oh. with uh, Lucy I Hopkins. I bailed out. And I loved it. But, like, I did it just because she's a mate... And I, it was very. Gen- she knew I was just going just out of curiosity, and I wasn't. I didn't wasn't planning on becoming a clown. But apparently, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen says the greatest day. I think it was the greatest day in his life or something. Was the day that he did something, and Goulier said, "Today, today, you were not shit." Mm. And he said that was like that's what he needed to hear. So he does a he does a thing on his in his workshops, Goulier, where he so he has a big mustache. Yeah, yeah. And when he's watching you, he he was leaning on a on a uh, oh, it's a a. a a miter stake, a yard stake, you know, like a big yeah, ruler. Yeah, yeah. He was just leaning on it like this. And then we gradually started to realize that if he did this, it's because you were making him laugh. Uh, okay. You didn't want to see laughing. But you know that thing about people go about it, how brutal it is and how hard it is. I think they've made a mistake here because people do Golier now like they're doing a parachute jump. And yeah. they it's like that. I give you an exact example. It's that people that are hard, that want to be a hard man or they want to come across hard. And they have Thank tattoos you. to show how tough they are. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they go, oh, they really hurt. And then you speak yeah, to yeah, other yeah. people and they go, did that hurt? And they go, no, it didn't really hurt at all. I like yeah, this. Yeah, I like yeah, this. Yeah. So the people, that go on, yeah. the people that go on Golier that want to do it as like a, a bravado or a, oh, I survived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I survived. Yes. When I did it, me and my mate were, um, we were a professional juggling double act but we'd never been taught anything apart from the old fashioned circus stuff. We'd never yeah. been taught this modern stuff. So when Golier went, uh, you're shit, which he does do, he went, oh, that was shit. You go, I was just thinking, well, why wouldn't it be? I've never done it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so good. And just I heckle still... slam him. Well, look at that. But that that's it. You know, you know when it's that thing in. Would you like to whisper in a helicopter? You're <laughs> nice tash. <laughs> but that's more like it is more like the reality, isn't it? You know, when, when we do get you do gigs and the open spots are there and the, the axe blow smoke up their arse and go, oh no, you did great. You were getting. You go, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't help anyone. Well, they're not fucking babies, are they? But, you know, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I yeah. agree. Like, actually. 
for I when I did that clowning weekend, I found it really help. I actually enjoyed it and found it much more helpful than I expected. Even though I went in very much just going, I'm just I've got a weekend free. I might just do it because I you know Lucy who runs it is a very she's a great. I think she did Gullier like years ago. She's been doing it for like she did it twenty years ago or something. And she just she is a, a professional clown hmm. and uh, is brilliant. But I just, I it, weirdly, I felt like I dealt with it much better than some of the actors and some of the other people that Man. they were. They brought a lot to it, and I think so, they were. They did want to sort of. They were trying too hard to be funny, but I sort of. I'm I'm professionally funny, and I have been for 13 years. So I didn't have weirdly. I I didn't have that insecurity that I'm not funny. I was yeah. like, I might be shit at this bit of it, but yeah, you know, man. I know I'm funny in normal day to day. That's exactly what we had. We had we had people come to the Belfast one because I think it might have been one of the rare times. It definitely was a rare time that he did it outside his own studio in France, and so we had people from all over the UK come and stay in Belfast and do the work in Belfast. And the actors, some of them were like people that I'd seen on the TV and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, they would really be like when he'd be going, You're, "Oh, that's shit." They were, "How can it be shit? I've done." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And they would, yeah, and yeah, just yeah. Going, What's the fucking point of coming if you're just going to fight against that? And- well, the thing is, the fight also comes from the very thing. Like actor, the, the problem I know I noticed with some people on this one I did, the actors were really trying to act funny rather than just be funny, like. You know, it's a, he, that's clowning is about finding what's funny in you. That's not to get too pretentious. There's that old wanky saying like finding your inner clown. But what it is is saying that you can't. You, know, you obviously in a comedy film or something. You know, a good script, a good actor can make it funny. But the best comedy actors, they're just funny. They're not acting funny. Yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. funny. And You're I think playing that's what it straight in a way, aren't you? Like totally. Will, what's his name? Will Ferrell. Ferrell, yeah, him, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's- He's not, he's just playing, it's all in the character, isn't it? This kind of like. He's just a funny man. He's got funny bones, yeah, yeah, isn't it? And yeah. I think that's with yeah, clowning. You know what? I don't, I don't think that thing, you know that thing that people say, about, oh, they're, they're just funny. Yeah. I, I don't think that's always true, you know. I think it's skillful, they, yeah. They, they have learned. Oh, there is that you can funny. learn to a certain degree. Yeah, I do uh, because think, if we do this, it's rare. like going, so, yeah, no, I, I disagree, man. I disagree. I think we're in an art form that's largely untrained. Yes. with stand-ups and certain people do well but if you look at let, you. let's say for example if you say for example george best george best, the footballer george best he yeah. also yeah. did rubbish clown. he also got really coached. <laughs> terrible <at stand-up. laughs> he also got really coached didn't he and he, re- he really yeah, yeah, yeah. and trained and uh, here's an example here a better example is alex higgins snooker player and so everyone says the best natural player ever yes. and then he had a problem where it went wrong. And I believe he went to somebody like Ray Reardon or one, one of those other old school guys that's like a coach. Yeah. And they said they couldn't coach him because he didn't know what he was doing in the first place. Because he was <laughs> natural. He was just a natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he hadn't he hadn't learned like learned because he's been so gifted. I yeah, kind of went so against gifted. him. And you know what I relate to comedy. You know when you get those guys that get up to do an open spot and they do really bad and afterwards and they go, Oh but I'm I'm really funny with my friends. I'm the I'm oh, the yeah, funniest that's, but that's a different I think being funny with your friends and being funny you know, on stage are two totally different muscles, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I think, I, I think, I can, I can only think of a couple of comedians off the top of my mind that I wouldn't say have any natural comedy in them, but they are just very good at writing comedy. And they, so yeah. they sort yeah. of, they, and they, 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 their lack hard. of, their lack of sort of performance and 
charisma is overridden by how good their jokes mm. are. So I, on the I, whole, I think I, the opposite is true. Most comedians are probably a bit funnier than their material. Yeah, is, but you know, you know the mean? thing that the thing that they do on stage is is a learnt thing. So look, when you get up as an open spot and you're you're funny, it's, you know, you get up, you're funny, you're an open spot, and then it takes you that time. So you say, find your inner clown yeah. um, in comedy would say, find your voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. It takes you that time to go, Oh no, I'm just sending like Robin Williams. Oh no, I'm just sending like Billy. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh I'm just, Oh, this doesn't seem natural. That bit there that they're learning in theater or in circus, somebody would help them learn that faster. Yeah. 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 yeah, we, I, oh, yeah. Normally, I, yeah. I don't think it, I think the, the good people, the, the, all of the really good stand-ups that I know that are really that are genuinely good, genuinely per- are Thank also you. analytical. They're, they're also analytical. You know when somebody comes off and and they go, um, <laughs> I um, when they go, uh, oh, that wasn't my crowd tonight. Yes, yeah, and they yeah, leave yeah. it at that. And as Julian's if catchphrase. As if that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> he's got, he's got not, a tattoo of it on his ch- chest. <laughs> not my crowd tonight. It's a good ed- title for an Edinburgh show. It's yeah, closing, the, it's your really closing is. line. It really is. Um, <laughs> that's my closer. <laughs> <laughs> You're not my crowd tonight. Thank you very much. <laughs> good night. Um, yeah, I know. It's. Um, I don't. Yeah, I, I think it's one percent of the time a gig goes bad. It's the audience. You know what I mean? It's it's mm. no. You know, at most. And I, I, you know, I've 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 had dodgy gigs, but then watched. You know, a, oh, I know, mate. A comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched the person on after me smash it, and I've also Thank I've you. smashed it after people have. That was an awkward drive died. back, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think you, you know, learn. You know. yeah. <laughs> but even that even that thing carl when, when somebody does it when somebody goes on after somebody's done badly and you you've you we've all done this you've been standing there you've seen somebody do badly and you'll go it's that table in the top corner yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that table over there so sometimes i would then go on and i would address that table straight yes. away. Just, and that's the analytical thing we've learned on stage isn't it yeah it is easier to i always think if a gig isn't just dog shit you know what i mean like if it's well decently set up the audience aren't horrible uh it's so much easier to have a good gig when somebody's just fucking laid yeah yeah they want the it they want it bad. yeah they're, they're just they do what they did their level their levels of expectations have been dropped so low that if you just go on and look confident and just be like, yeah, you know, they just suddenly just, they'll love you, man. I've, Would you know, honestly, I love it. I love it. I love it. cleaning up a mess. It used to, it used to be, right? In, in, in my earlier days of comedy, so two things I think have really changed now is one, you don't see people encoring very much. You don't no. see that as often as you used we to. We haven't do. worked it, together in a while, have we? No, <laughs> not a while, mate. But I, I used to always say when I was hosting somewhere, I used to always say to the headliner, if there's an encore, do you want to do it? And I don't even say that anymore. No. And also yeah, the yeah, other yeah. thing is you used to always see people getting booed off. Yeah. And, and often that would be the open spot or the, or the first act. Yeah. And, and that thing, but of somebody could do terrible and somebody could do fantastic. It like stretched the whole possibility. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so much yeah. more. It was so fantastic. And especially you'd see that like it could happen, like, like literally, I could have a terrible gig and then go back to the same venue the next night and encore. Yeah. And it just was such a, that nothing like I've, I've definitely noticed that in my time of, I think, you know, I feel like I caught the end of 
yeah, even though I, did, I didn't start in mid 2000s but I, I feel like I caught the end of the 90s almost like because there was almost like a change of 90s comedy then when the, the I think ended theory like realistically when the TV boom started in 2004 2005 that's when the shift happened and actually I think since then the circuit uh, I think audiences have actually got way not better sounds like the wrong word but i mean more savvier because they've watched loads of stand-up on television so i think audiences now know that you sit there and you watch and you enjoy it and then you fuck off like it's not yeah i think there used to be a bit more of a wild west feeling to it but audiences Mm. felt that you could always get they didn't want to sit in the front row and they think that they get taken pissed it did yeah and also the style of like comparing has changed you know it did used to be much more i remember going to like fucking the banana and uh, oh, this wasn't just they don't have a compare, but you know, I was sitting in the front row with mates when I was eighteen or nineteen, and it's one of my first ever gigs I went to. And Dave Johns ripped the shit out of us, and it was funny. It was also it was embarrassing, but also mm. it was fucking exciting. But that yeah, was what yeah. comedy was. And I think now you don't. You know, people are so a bit more chilled, and you oh, don't so want to dive used, in hard. So. I used to say when I was hosting. So this is like I know twenty years ago, probably. I used to always say. As a way of being, a, as a combat, as a way of telling them the rules, I go, "Oh, who's been to comedy before?" And then I go, "If you've if you've never been before, please don't talk when the acts are on stage." Yeah, 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 blah, yeah. Blah, yeah, blah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I never do that because it's such a small amount of the audience yeah, that I've never been to... before. There'd be like nobody yeah. that's never been. Yeah, before. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, see, you just see much more discerning looks, like you know, you now you see somebody talking in a gig and you see everyone around them is giving them all dirty looks and like i think audiences now expect Police it to itself. be a show yeah which is also, that's why i think it's just that's but so that's what i mean the parameters have shifted like mm. i don't think there's the i don't yeah i think the chance of that encore level of fucking madness has sort of died off just because it's well, so do you know honestly down to a bit more in the if, middle a bit more safe and a bit more if you middle. ended up as a as a closer you always had to have 40 you always had to be prepared that you were going to do 40 just in your set that you were going to do 40 and if you ended up doing over an hour Julian's worst that nightmare. was no yeah that was no <laughs> surprise you get encored at 20 at 20 you'd come back and do the same 20 again <laughs> i got called for an encore once as an open spot and adam bloom was headlining but they are and he I don't know what I don't know how it was happening. It was in Southend, but I had no more material, and I was saying no, no, no. And the compare was trying to pull dance. me back on, and I said to him, "I've got no more." Yeah. Like, I was. It was horrible experience, but oh. a nice humble I, brag. I yeah. once saw. I once saw a really brilliant thing. You know, you know when you get those compares that are 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 dickheads because they're being competitive about the. The night yeah, they yeah. want to steal the night. They can they? try and fuck you up a bit. Yeah, they? yeah. And some famously, you know, we all know people that famously do it. One, one night in uh, the Frog and Bucket in Manchester, uh, the compare that was on was being a dickhead like that about Robin Ants. Right. And Robin, this was when Robin was was just a club act. He hadn't yeah, done yeah, any yeah, of yeah. his science stuff. And he came back to the side, the compare, Robin's on, and he goes, oh, watch this. I've heard him do this. This is his whole set now. I'm going to fuck him over by getting him to do an encore. And we all were going, oh, dickhead. And he went on encore, Rob Rob went on again. And honestly- And then went out to watch it. He must have- (laughs) What a dickhead, let's go watch this. He must have have encored Robin about six times going, this guy's got nothing more. Robin probably did over an hour. He could have just kept going up all night. But um, I I think people's attention spans change as well because they want to go on their phone. Yeah, definitely. I do think 
people don't want uh, people don't want an encore they want to go out and do their thing it's funny it's funny some acts try and set an encore up don't they like oh i've got to go now unfortunately just to try and get them yeah, to go yeah, yeah. no more well it's that funny. used to be a tactic that used to be a yeah yeah for, yeah for an act that was trying to establish themselves because if you could if you could get in with the for example if you got in with the glee club and uh up the creek say if you got in with them, when you rang other people, you you didn't used to have to do an open spot. You used to just be able to go, oh, I'm doing gigs for the banana. I'm doing gigs for... Oh, the okay, Creek. yeah. You yeah. name the big clubs and the weir clubs would take you. So you would often see that, that somebody that was lower down the bell was trying to do an encore, not, given, <laughs> yeah, not yeah. that it would fuck the... You know, it does I've, ruin the night, doesn't it? I, if it lower down my, the bell, it does In my years of comparing, I've given a, I've, I've, I've given a couple of encores to acts like when I've genuinely felt like, uh, like this crowd, you know, have been amazing. They, they genuinely want it. Let's bring um, Julian I, back on. But I've, I've gigged with a, quite a few... There's a few names in particular I can think of where they've tried to engineer an encore <laughs> and the crowd probably would have gone for it and i've just as the compare just actively made sure it doesn't happen <laughs> not, oh. not to be a cunt but just because i'm like no because that's a fake encore you don't get it yeah 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 yeah. you don't yeah, get yeah. to like they literally were halfway through a routine when they got a light they could have finished a routine in two minutes go over a minute right but they've gone oh guys sorry gotta go i'd love to have finished that bit and done some more but i can't I'll tell you the and end I'm, of the mystery at the end yeah, of the yeah. story and they've just got, they've ended up doing an extra minute like telling the audience how they can't do the end of the bit. And I'm like, yeah. no, nah, fuck that. I've seen through this. So I've just gone on. They're at the side of the stage thinking they're going to get an encore. The crowd are calling for it. And I'm going like, sorry, guys, that's all we've got time for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Take it easy. And you can see they're furious, the, man. Yeah, then yeah. do an encore you know yourself. Yeah, you know <laughs> I do five minutes of just wrapping up. <laughs> you, you must have seen that, but when they go, I've, I've had acts that go like that, that they go, um, will you get me an encore? Not, not will you give me an So honestly, to, I, only on a couple of occasions have I gone where there could have been an encore. Have I killed that? Mostly because I needed to drive home or something. Yeah, there's that. And it's over, you know. And also when it's fucking over, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've had that when acts have gone, can you like organize me an encore? (laughs) And you're kind of going, no, that, no. If you make an encore happen, I'll give you, you know, I'll tell them about it. But yeah, it's weird. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, it's that thing like, I think as a compare, I, I I often think like acts put too much pressure on the compare, you know. I think you're as a compare, you're there just to make everyone happy, get get them in a good mood, make sure you tell them where the breaks are, have a bit of a laugh, get the acts onto a nice feeling room. That's it. I don't mm. think there's any other. I hate it when like acts try and put rules on you. Like you do a bit of material before you bring me on. I was like, I'll do what I want to uh, do before bringing you on. I'll yeah, make yeah, sure yeah. they're set up. You let me do my bit. You do your bit. So to be honest, I, I have a different approach. I, I think when, when I'm the compare, and so, you know, I, I normal life, I would be a resident compare at the stands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comedy clubs. And I, I literally go that I'm trying to raise the bar to make it really good. Yeah. And what I do is I, I do do all them rules. But what I, I try to do is I try to do something that's ever, that's my own thing. Yeah. But that's a little bit like what the person coming on is going to do. So I've given yeah, them yeah, a, yeah. a running start. I like, so, I like that. Yeah, I like that. So just I, I don't a- ever, I don't ever say to someone, can you do material? But sometimes I'll, I will ask if they do, do you know what I mean? And, so, yeah, and then, then I check. say, you know, yeah, yeah. It's totally up to them, obviously. Um, but sometimes more, if I'm it's more mercenary than that, mate, I just, I'll make sure they come onto a lovely feeling atmosphere, but I ain't doing 
material or nothing. I'll just do whatever's. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. And also, if they don't have a good it, gig, I will throw it. them under the bus when I come back on. So oh. <laughs> I've got no, <laughs> no problems. But if an act dies, and if I no, I say what if an act you have a bad to gig, though, you have to if it's yeah. really bad. You can't the only time it's ever backfired was when I threw Lewis Schaefer under the bus after he 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 had a he had a bad gig at the King's Head of his own fault. You know, it was a nice night. He went on in a bad mood and sort of went on the attack. And they just turned on him and just went, no, you're shit. Like, and then he, and then obviously I went out and I said, yeah, that was, he was, he was shit tonight. He was shit, guys. Oh. And I just sort of just, you know, was honest because, you know, and then we had a bit of a ding dong. We're fine now. We, we, you know, we get on. But like, I, we had a, a lot, ding he's dong. A lot of what did he say to you? How did you how did you have a ding dong? He accused me of setting up the gig wrong before him, like because I was um, I, I had running bits of banter going in the, with the audience that had been going on all night, so I'd go back to them and have a little chat, and I brought him on, and he accused me of not setting it up like it was that it, you couldn't fail every act before him. There'd been like three acts on, had fucking mm. smashed it, and it was it was such a nice atmosphere, and he just went on in a bad mood and just didn't mm. he just did badly, and then, one yeah, time, he accused um, me of not he said that he said i should have done a bit of material set uh, the tone i was like mate i set the tone as a funny night of comedy yeah, you yeah. fucked it by having a bad gig and yeah, yeah. but well, yeah because i think you can if you're the compare and you've got them to tr like and trust you yeah you can't then go like for example i never go this next act coming on is a great act unless i think they are yeah totally. you know, unless yeah, i yeah, never yeah, go yeah. You know, like, oh, this guy's a very good friend of mine. I never do that un unless they are. <laughs> I've had yeah, people yeah, say yeah. that. Where I'm like, we've never fucking met, yeah, mate. Yeah, you know, you know that? You blanked me in the green room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, but I, I had an act one time. Um, I had an act one time accuse me of ruining it for them because uh, after they finished, because you have to be honest, because the audience saw it was shit. And I, and I just did similar. You're saying, Carl. I just kind of went. Um, Oh, yeah, that guy was shit, but you know, we, we all have a bad day at work. Maybe, maybe you'll see him again and it'll be good. I bet he feels bad about himself. Let's give him a yeah, big round of applause. Now he feels worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, afterwards, he said to me, You ruined that for me. And I said, Why? Well, he said, You told him I was shit. And I just said, Only oh, after you'd been yeah, shit. I didn't, I didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't bring you on. Actually, correct. <laughs> um, I, yeah, it's a funny one. Like, I, I, if it's a mate, if it's a mate and they have a bad gig, then I'll go to town on them. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But mm. It's, it's funny it's watching a mate. If, as long as you, like, when they're good, that totally, more, yeah, yeah. If they have a bad gig, but if someone, like, an open spot bombs, it's, it's hard. Yeah, I'll never, I, if it's an open spot and they've genuinely gone on in good intentions and it's, it's not worked, I won't go on and go, oh, shit. What I'll normally do is do that thing of going, right, guys, they were new. That shows that, you know, it's, it, they, it's hard and, that, you know, they're going to get better. And like, I'll always be nice to, but if it's somebody who has actively made it bad by turning on the audience or any of that business, then mm. they're done, mate. <laughs> go, mm. They're going in a bin. <laughs> Did you ever gig at, did you ever do up the creek when Malcolm was the No, host? just that was just I before I my time. Did, no. Oh, so oh, Malcolm shit. Hardy used to have a great thing where he would go, Here comes your next act, he might be good, he might be shit. Um and then PJ yeah. used to do that when I um, uh, I've got a I've got to go. This I remember ah. I said we've got to finish at one. It's now okay, five past one. Five past one. Um for the most middle class reason ever, my cardo order has arrived, so I've got to do all that. <laughs> and that's why I said we've got to finish bang on one, but actually yeah. we've overrun because I was like, Oh, they're not here they yet. And they've just pulled up on the driveway. Okay, cool, man. Getting good um, stuff. 
But um, it's been really fun. It's been a very really fun it's episode. It's been lovely chatting with you, Martin. And, nice um, to see you guys. Business. Yeah, you too. Um, where can people, people can find your Instagram? It's got um, exercise stuff on it. You put, yeah, like, good I've got an Instagram for fitness. I've got an Instagram for mostly po- photographs of nature on my normal one. Uh, yeah, I'm on all them things. Just, and it's just Martin Moore. Cool. Just Martin Moore, M-O-R. There we go. And uh, Julian, right. any business? We've got to thank our patrons for being patrons. We'll thank all of our patrons and um, thanks That's for listening. It, thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Martin. Sorry nice for the abrupt end, but a no car has arrived. I'm <laughs> 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 <laughs>